Welcome to Paddling Adventures Radio. I'm Sean Rowley, and with me is Derek Specht. Hello. And with Derek is John Van Berger. How you doing, hey, John? Hey, guys. What's happening? How's it going? You guys keep talking yeah. over each other. Stop talking over me, John. <laughs> Take turns. <laughs> Hi, John. Hi. How, how are you? I am fine. How are you? I am good. Thank you. That's awesome. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Thank you. How the wife? I am happy to be here. <laughs> How's the wife? <laughs> Everything is good. Thank you. Good to hear. <laughs> now that we've lost every listener. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Can you imagine doing a whole show like that? Uh, how are you guys doing? I'm fine. I'm fantastic. It is 2020. It is. As people are listening to this, absolutely is. It is 2020. It is January 2nd, 2020. Mm-hmm. I think it's a TV show, right? 2020, a news. Oh show. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and this. Oh, Barbara Walters. Yeah, and this is 2020. <laughs> she needs to. <laughs> she needs to do the New Year's ball drop. That's a ball drop. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to 2020. Um, do 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 do. You had good holidays, I take it, everybody. I did. I had a pretty fantastic week. Uh, uh, yeah, about a week or so. Yeah. A vacation. I. I actually. I missed Christmas dinner. My dad was visiting from New Brunswick and he was feeling sick. So everybody trundled off to the my sister-in-law's. Everybody had a big turkey and ham dinner and uh, all the gifts unwrapping and all that stuff. And me and dad sat home and, uh, and watched some TV. Note to self, get my dad to visit over Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thanks, yeah. Derek, for the tip. I, I mean... <laughs> I made a really nice homemade chicken noodle soup. Really? Worked out pretty well. Mm-hmm. If you would have waited for that turkey carcass, you could have made a really nice turkey homemade soup. turkey soup. <laughs> Unless, you know, it's like our house where the turkey carcass sits in the bottom of the freezer with the other five from five <laughs> previous Christmases. <laughs> yeah, give me the carcass. I'm going to make soup eventually. <laughs> How was your Christmas, John? It was good. Very low key. Just kind of uh, spent uh, with some time with relatives uh, here in Wisconsin. And uh, did a few things around the house, and yeah, that's about it. It's a, yeah, very nice, very relaxing. I know a lot of people this year just did low-key Christmases. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Really nice low-key, nothing too extravagant or too too party-like. Just go out, have a nice dinner, meet some chit-chat with some family and stuff, and then back home. I had lots of naps. It was really nice. (laughs) 2019 it was the christmas of the naps <laughs> what'd you get for christmas naps <laughs> and i was happy for it <laughs> well that's awesome uh haven't done too much over the christmas i mean i worked a couple of days and stuff like that and i'm doing some massive cleanup down here i'm finding stuff i totally forgot <laughs> i even owned Yes, it looks like a hoarder's house right now. Oh, it looked like a nuclear bomb went off down here. <laughs> <laughs> a hoarder's looking at me going, dude, you got problems. Uh, yeah, it looks like it looks like a bomb went off down here. But no, no, I, I just started getting to the cleaning thing. It's, that's apparently the thing you're supposed to do during Yule is clean. And is I've, it? Yeah, and I've totally started that. <laughs> and I've got half the basement done, the other half just then poured over into this half. So it doesn't look like I've actually done anything, but I have <laughs> thrown out a lot. Yeah. Um, and John, you are building things. Yeah. Well, I built one thing. What did and, you uh, build, John? 
I decided I need to get a little bit more organized in the garage and uh, do some things with the kayaks and the canoe. So I uh, built a boat rack uh, just out of PVC piping, and it worked out really well. Was this your own design or what? Yeah, I, I went ahead and I, uh, <laughs> I Googled it and uh, looked at different designs people had, went through, uh, drew up a, something that would work for the space I had, and it took me probably more time to Google it and, <laughs> uh, you know, just kind of do the design than I actually did to build the thing. I mean, it's just it was, out of, like, black PVC piping? I used uh, the white PVC oh, the white piping. Thing. Okay. Yep. It's, uh, there's a Schedule 40, which, which is a little bit uh, harder. It, it holds pressure. Okay. Um, pre pressure better than, than the regular. And uh, so, yeah, so it's an uh, inch and a half PVC pipe. And everything, uh, a couple of hours of work, all under $70. Wow. Wow, that's not bad at all. Hmm. No, not bad at all. And so it will end up um, it will end up holding probably seven boats pretty easily. Wow. So how big and is this thing? It's about five and a half feet high hmm. by, let's see, I'm trying to think what I cut, eight feet across. Wow. Yeah. So and this is going I, to be a standalone I, rack in the in your backyard type thing. Yeah, and we've got a we've got a storage space from when we sold our other house. It was a much bigger house than what we had here, so we put some things in storage. So what I want to do is, at least for the winter, and try to get stuff out of the garage, um, put this over there. Um, eventually, what I will probably will do is put it in the backyard. But for right now, it's going to be in the storage spot and uh, take care of the boats. And yeah, works it works really well. And you say it'll hold eight boats eventually. Yeah, yeah. It's and and right now what I want to do is just uh, I need to get three sort of out of the way. Mm -hmm. I'm going to keep one in the garage that I can access for trips that might be coming up soon. Right. And, um, assuming our government can stay open. And <laughs> well, they they are staying open, are they not? They signed a new budget. Yeah. Yeah. They, but I don't think uh, the president has signed that yet. Oh really? Um, I thought he had because was there was that deal. yeah, there was that thing about the boundary waters was in. Well, I know that I know that the it came out of Congress, but I hadn't heard if he had signed it or not. Yeah, I'm so, pretty sure he had signed it. Because I we sure were laughing it. and laughing. Because and he laughing. missed he missed the thing about the uh, um, environmental. environmental study yeah. on boundary right. waters. Up boundary waters, yeah. yeah. Because they had originally pulled out that there would be, they say, originally said, no, there will be no uh, uh, environmental studies. And then in the final wording, they forgot to take that bit out of the final budget. And the so, final draft, yeah. so now they're stuck with having to do, uh, do environmental, environmental testing. Yeah. Or study, yeah. Yeah. So I was so. laughing. I thought it was funny. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty great. So, yeah. So, anyways, I've got one boat that uh, I will probably be taking down to the Everglades soon. So, yeah. Okay. Now, I was looking at doing a rack inside my garage for the kayak and the couple of the canoes there. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking along the same lines that, like, I mean, if you did it on P with PVC piping, it'd be a lot cheaper than, uh, and probably, you know, sturdier and stuff like that than trying to do with wood and, and whatnot. Cause everything fits together with PVC piping. Right. Right. But my yeah. only thing would be, you can't really do open-sided shelves oh. there 
there were some designs where people did. There was one gentleman who had taken a, it was almost like a pyramid design. Right. And then he had uh, shelves come up and angle on both sides. And so you could you could drop two or three boats, or excuse me, what would it be? One, two, so four boats on the outside. And then he had a spot on the inside for a fifth boat as well. Uh, now, that would be where you'd have to slide it in, you know, as opposed to just kind of setting it there or not. But. Yeah. And see, I was thinking if I could build one on the inside wall of my garage, then it would yep. have to be three high that I could, but I'd have to slide them all in from the, the ends. Right. Right. Yep. But it would keep yep. it close to the sides. I put the kayak on the bottom, then my prospector, then my swift on the top sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Or my, uh, my Osprey. But, uh, you know, the other thing you can do is, is, uh, depending on how you set it up, you know, some of the heavy duty, uh, like metal shelving mm-hmm. where you get the, the rails and can, and we did that with the heavy duty stuff and we hung one, two, three kayaks that way for years and had no problems with it. Hmm. Yeah, because, I mean, right now I got mine on sawhorses out in the garage. But then I'm sitting there with them all side to side to side sort of thing, right? Right. But I'd rather have them above each other. So that's sort of, I've been playing with different ideas. I know I can get the racks that bolt right into the wall and that sort of thing. But at least with, if if I did the PVC sort of stand, standalone stand, Mm -hmm. then I can move it. If I want to change things in the garage or, or yeah, whatever, I can yeah. move it towards the back in the winter. I can move it to the front in the summer, that sort right. of thing, right? Yep. Because all, all the winter stuff I throw in the back of the garage during the summer. And then in the winter, all that stuff has to come to the front of the garage. And the canoes and kayak will go in the back of the garage sort of thing. So that's why yeah. I really don't want to build anything right on the wall. You can never have enough room, eh? Oh, I need three garages. <laughs> the old uh, George Carlin... Uh, thing about stuff, stuff. and you need to have places to hold your stuff. And, and then when you yeah. go away, you just get a suitcase, which is a thing to hold a smaller version of your stuff. Right. <laughs> yeah. That was a smart man. <laughs> no kidding. So you think that's going to work out well for you then that, uh, PVC rack? Yeah. You know, and the, the great thing about it too, is if it doesn't work out and you don't like it, you know, you, you get out the saw, you, you get another section of a pipe or two, and you can change it around and, you know, tailor it to whatever you need. So yeah. it's, you know, yeah. Yeah, there are a ton of ton of designs on Google and YouTube and, you know, like Pinterest. And um, so it's really easy to find that stuff. And just, I, I thought, I kept thinking, oh, yeah, I should do that. I should do that. And I, I looked at it. And I said, yeah, I really got to, you know, look at the garage. It's like, yeah, I got to get this organized. Mm-hmm. Uh, Again, it took longer to figure out what I wanted to do than actually do it. Right. So Yeah, I'm thinking my next purge is going to be my garage. And there's going to be a lot of stuff that goes. <laughs> <laughs> I, f- I feel the garage sale coming on. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All I know is, man, right now the library, local library is going to love me because I keep my books in pristine shape. Yeah. And I got a lot of books that... I, I'm never reading again. I might as yeah. well pass them off. Yeah. And the, yeah, yeah, I've got a couple of boxes just filled with books. See, and Hit this me up, I might have my, I might want to read some. <laughs> Before I pass. Well, go to the library, you'll find them. <laughs> Derek's book club. Derek's book club. Yeah. <laughs> hey, did you bring my book back? No, I'm reading it. 
Liar. <laughs> <laughs> you lie. It's it's on it's on my nightstand. Page one. <laughs> <laughs> it's Christmas. It's hard to find time to read. <laughs> it's in the crapper. It gets in the way of all that napping you had to do. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. That's what he used to cover his face to block the light. <laughs> he put the book on there. Books are pretty handy. They don't smother you. <laughs> <laughs> well, John, when this is uh, all set up and everything like that, you'll have to take a picture so we can put it on the uh, Facebook page. Yeah, I'd page. like to see it. Yeah. Yeah. It's. I mean, it's so simple, you know? So, yeah. But it works. Mm-hmm. Cool. Simple but effective. Yeah. That's all it takes, man. What do they say? Yeah. Keep it simple, right? Yeah. Right. Yep. Um, the other thing you were talking about you were doing is a winter folklore oh, yes. thing. Things that go yeah. bump in the night. Yeah. There's a, there's a presentation up in uh, Wausau, which is probably about an hour away from where I'm at. And uh, the library hosted a, a writer named Chad Lewis up there. And the presentation was on sort of, you know, mythical or frightening creatures of the Northwoods, and particularly in winter. And so it was, you know, one of those things where you you hear these stories and you know a couple of them. And, and, and everything from like, you know, Paul Bunyan... Um, because those stories came out of Wisconsin and Minnesota and Babe the Blue Ox, right? Right. Those yeah. those sorts of stories. But then there's the other kind that have a little bit more of a uh, a dark twist to them, shall we say? Okay. And uh, so this was a, the the presentation was was focused on those, and so it was anything from stories from you know the First Nations and, and Native American peoples to a lot of the lumber camps. A lot of stuff came out of the lumber camps in the late 1800s, early 1900s. Right. So it could be anything from the the Wendigo, which was um, Algonquin, I think, based, and uh, Iroquois, and which is like probably the the nastiest of the the creatures. In oh, the yeah. Right. yeah. It's the Wendigo. Um, it's and, like but an then, evil Sasquatch. Oh, yeah? Yeah. yeah? yeah, basically, right? Yeah. And... Uh, the one that I thought was really interesting that I had never heard before, but really, you know, I think is the one that will be in the back of my mind when I'm out hiking in the woods <laughs> is the hide behind. Yeah, you were talking about, I've never heard of that I one. I never heard of it either. I hadn't either. And so that's, you know, I think one of the things that was so fascinating to me about it, right, was this is the, the creature that, you know, when you see those things out of the corner of your eye and you've got your headlamp on and you're walking through the woods at night, right? And you always see that little bit of movement and you turn and nothing there. Yeah. According to these old stories that came out of the, the lumber camps, when a, a lumberjack would not make it back to camp or something would happen or he'd get lost or whatever it might be, they'd say a hide behind got him because they would stay hidden until they wanted you. And then they would step out from behind the trees and, and take you. Hmm. Yeah. So for people that might be listening to this in the evening... Or out in the woods. <laughs> There's a lot of uh, winter camping going on right now up in Algonquin Park. That's right. <laughs> yes. and so right. for the know, next couple I mean, months. And that is, you know, the that's the uh, home area for the Wendigo. It's uh, the hide behind. So you know, it. Uh, you may want to take a close look around you. Now the other one you were talking about, which I'd heard of but I couldn't remember what it was, was the Splinter Cats. Mm-hmm. The Splinter Cats, yeah. So when you're out in the woods and you see these trees broken off in half, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, supposedly from yep from splinter cats and they're these ferocious cats <laughs> uh and the story this story goes a couple like of different cats? ways no i don't think it's quite like thunder cats <laughs> <laughs> or or like the cats movie that has come and gone already and no, no. no anyway top reviews yeah <laughs> um but these these splinter cats would break off these trees uh, part of the story or one of the stories is that they were looking for bees nests and and looking for things inside the trees to eat and so when you see all of these then you know that's an area where splinter cats are right huh yeah so there's, on- there's a lot of old ghost stories i mean that but you know what when it comes to camping and backcountry camping and stuff like that there's always been that we're going to sit around the fire and tell ghost stories. Mm-hmm. Yes. He had a hook head. That, <laughs> right. that sort of thing. Yeah. I can remember camping in uh, up near Cochrane one year with my grandparents. And we were going out for a walk. It snowed. And we were going out for a walk. And my grandfather said, you got to watch out for the snow snakes. Mm-hmm. Snow snakes. Snow snakes. You can't see them because they're white and they match the snow. So you really got to watch out. <laughs> they don't exist. <laughs> but it's one of those stories. Yeah. You, yeah. you know, one of those things yeah. that go, like say, go bump in the night that you tell kids. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or hunting a snipe. A snipe? Right. Yeah, the snipe. Bang on the bottom of a can and snipe, 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 snipe. And the little snipe bird would come out and jump into the can and you catch them. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, they how, don't exist either. I've never heard of these things. Because you're sheltered. I guess so. <laughs> Maybe if you would read. <laughs> <laughs> no, these are these are all the little little stories you hear growing up and stuff like that when you're in the backcountry and. Uh... Yeah, there was a um, up in the Upper Peninsula. I'd gone up there. Jan and I had gone up there one year, and we were out snowshoeing, and uh, it was right around New Year's, about this time. And as you were hiking through the woods, it started getting warmer. So all of the the snow that was up on the branches started to melt a little bit. And it started to sort of like come off the edges and sag. Right. So that it looked like you had all these hanging snakes. And so we we were talking about snow snakes and and going out and shooting photos of snow snakes. And uh, throughout all the, you know, throughout the woods up there, it was pretty cool. Very cool. Yeah. There's, and and you know what, I mean, when you talk about, going out there and being in the middle of the bush and stuff like that. That's one thing as canoe trippers, we always hear about is like, what about the, th- the things at night? What mm-hmm. about the things yeah. that go bump at night? Yeah. Now we always joke, it sounds like there's a bear outside your tent when it's probably like a little tree frog or a squirrel <laughs> or a mouse or something. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, there are things out there that go tromping, tromping through the woods at night and you know, some of it's explainable. Most of it's explainable. Yeah. But I mean, how, how many. <laughs> Your imagination is the strongest terror that you could inflict upon yourself. Right. Oh, right. definitely. Yeah. Your own imagination. Yeah. In the middle of the night, when you're hearing these noises yeah. and you're thinking, <gasps> what is that? Is that a frog? <laughs> is that, is that a, is that a beaver? Is that, <laughs> is that a, a moose? Is that a, no, it's a bear. No, it's Sasquatch. Like how long have these. Um, superstitions and, and whatnot been around. Yeah. You know, like yeah. where, where, how long has Sasquatch been around? Oh, uh, but the first time it was caught on video was in the sixties, I think. 
But he's been around a lot longer than that. Well, yeah, obviously, right? yeah. People have have you know been whatever, but it, it's yeah. when that eight millimeter video came out that it really exploded onto uh, on you know the consciousness of of whomever find these things freaky. Right? Yeah, well, a Loch Ness monster, right? It's yes, Nessie. yes. How long yeah. has Nessie been around? Forever. And uh, what was the one you were talking about there, John? The Superior Merman, or yeah. mermaid, or yeah. whatever. Yeah, there was a. It was uh, 1700s. It was a mm-hmm. fur trapper named St. Germain. And he saw what he says was a merman in the waters. And apparently he was going to shoot at it. A uh, Native American woman grabbed him like, and shook him to, to physically stop him from shooting the merman. And said that this is the god of the waters, it's, and as he describes it. Right. And that you know you can't do that because if you even try, the god of the waters will call up storms you know so fierce that you know we'll all perish kind of thing and so he talked to another fur trapper who also said that he saw the uh, the merman and he was tired apparently of so many people doubting him that he went into uh, a canadian court and swore that this story was true and they they took this they they took his deposition wow and yeah, and so it was uh, in the 1780s, and so this is actually on the historical record where he's talking about that. Wow, mm. that's that's definitely something. Yeah, so I mean, it, you know, there's so many of these things out there that are. It's just, I you know, I love this stuff, and you know, I'm going to be walking through the woods, and and you know, when I'm out <laughs> winter camping or something, yeah. you know, I don't worry about those things, but you know, every now and then you think. Wait a minute. What was what was that over there? Did I just see? You, you know. So. Well, I mean, if if you wanted to even get farther back, I mean, you start thinking about, um, like fairy tales and stuff like that, you know, and the right. little the little people, as it were, you know. And I'm sure there's different. I mean, you got the fairies and the elves and the leprechauns and and stuff. And I'm sure every culture has its own little yeah variation of you know. And I'm sure, yes. the, sure the the First Nations and everything like that, the indigenous peoples of, yeah. of North America, all mm-hmm. have. If, if you if you started on the East Coast and worked your way across to the West Coast, I'm sure they've all got stories like that from way back, saying, "Oh yeah, this is this is yeah. you don't go out there, you don't go alone, you don't go near this, you don't go do that, because something's going to get you." Or, you know, whether every, they're true yeah. or not, every culture has you know supernatural beings and mm-hmm. you know and they're. I don't know what would you call it, you know, in their in their superstitions stories, right? in their, and stories, yeah, yeah. But and you wonder how many of them actually started from something that actually happened, mm-hmm. you know, like something that actually um, happened that turned into, you know, what what do you say? They expanded the story, yes, and yeah. it turned it into something completely becomes different. Becomes legend and yeah. it changes as as through generation to yeah. generation and. You know, like, well, like the uh, the Green Man in um, was it over out of uh, the UK, yeah, and uh, Northern Europe. So you know, the Green Man initially was was someone to be frightened of, and now you know, over time that that story has changed and evolved. Now he's a protector of the forest, so right. he's like this sort of environmental. Uh, what's I don't want to say hero, but you know, he's he's changed over time and what what that story means to people. So right. now when you see things about the green man, it's he's, he's more celebrated than feared. Than feared. Yeah. A creature of good. Really, really cool uh, to, 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 uh, like I say, and, and 
when it comes to the little stories of your own area, mm-hmm. you know, and I mean, North America, like I say, the Sasquatch, the Wendigo, stuff like that, you know, yeah. um, that's pretty cool to, to be able to get into that. So you, you enjoyed the, the chat the guy gave though. Yeah, it was interesting. And, and then, you know, Jan and I were talking about these things and, and found this book that her father had gotten, you know, and uh, just kind of going through there. And, and they talked about, for example, uh, it was reported that some leprechauns were brought over um, from Ireland and they were in the North Woods. And it, it's just it's it's like you say, those local um, takes yeah. On, yeah. on stories that are interesting. Yeah, there was. Um, in in northern Wisconsin, there's a town called Rhinelander, and if you look up the Hodag, H-O-D-A-G, it's a creature that lives out in the woods. And so when you're walking through the woods and you see, like a branch of a tree that sort of curves down and then grows back up, that's because a Hodag was nesting and sleeping up there. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And so uh, so yeah, and so the I think the high school up there, the the mascot, you know, they're the Hodags. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, you know, I, I love that stuff. And, and whenever you're traveling, that's always the kind of stuff that's interesting too, to me. Yeah. And I mean, in, from where we come from here, like from the paddling community, anything mm-hmm. to deal with the woods and the back country is add that little bit extra. Oh yeah. You know, especially like I say, when you're back there and you're sitting around the fire and everybody stops cause they've heard a big bang behind mm-hmm. the site or something like that. Yeah. What was yeah. that? It was Sasquatch. <laughs> it's coming for Derek. So you can have there him. <laughs> has there any ever been anything where you've been out that's that scared the crap out of you? Like, it, it, was there ever anything that stands out that really scared you guys? I had one. So it it, it all it happened on the same night. So it was like the first night out. Me and a friend were camping, and I it, at first I heard you could hear like a thump thump like sound like steps in the leaves right so you could Mm -hmm. hear the leaves crackle you could hear the steps getting closer and closer to the tent so i was like you know the hair was standing up at the back of my neck and i was whispering we were whispering each other what is that what is that and we could hear getting closer and closer lights were all on in the tent it was like probably about 10 o'clock at night and then suddenly the tent gave a little tiny shake and on the side of the tent you could see the outline of a frog hanging off the side of the tent. So you could see the, the outline of all the little toes and the belly of the frog. And it's like, son of a gun. <laughs> but seriously, it scared the crap out of me. So then, so I'm all charged up for this, right? And it, it was like, it was freaking me out. It's like, okay, calm down, calm down. It's just a stupid frog and kill all frogs now. Anyways, so roll into bed, go to sleep, and then hear it again but this time it's like a, a bit heavier thotting and and padded padded steps and it was it was uh like i could hear it walking towards the tent and then i kind of gave a who's there and i heard the steps quicken and so we were on a point it was burn island lake in algonquin park and suddenly we heard whatever it was suddenly sloshing into the lake and so it's like, holy crap, what was that? And we could hear it going down into the bay. And we knew that there was a, a large party of about four or five canoes in the in this bay at the next campsite over, right? So mm-hmm. this was like, I don't know, four in the morning, three in the morning, the witching hour and so on. And so we, uh, we're we listening and we hear the, the splashing is so far away, we can't really hear it anymore. And it's like, so we're still, we still can't sleep because it scared the crap out of us. And then off in the distance, out of that bay, the, like it was, it was the 
the strongest set of teenage girl lungs you could hear. She just screamed and screamed and screamed. And it was like, I think that what scared us even more is like, this girl is really losing it. And uh, from there, like, it was like, so now, okay, we're not sleeping now for the rest of the night. <laughs> <laughs> but I, like at the crack of dawn, we heard uh, canoe paddles on gunnels. And we pop out of the tent, look out, and there's this crew of five canoes. All this, all these look like family members, teenagers and kids and adults, all heading out. And like the sun wasn't even up yet. It was just, you could see that daybreak was just coming up. And it's like, I think they're all leaving. <laughs> I think they, they all ran out of underwear and they all have to go back to their car. <laughs> so whatever, whatever scared us scared them as well i don't know if it was a bear or a moose or it was nothing mythical it was like an animal but it was a big animal so it was either a bear or a moose i i think it was a, i think it would have been a moose like maybe a like a not a very old moose because it was not a large moose because it you could this footprint padding was not that loud but mm-hmm. i don't think it was a bear either but there's no other noise except the 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 feet on the ground and and the splashing when it got into the lake but wow. i tell you that girl's <laughs> that girl scream for like five or eight minutes it's like oh my god she's losing it <laughs> so that that's uh that that's what <laughs> that's the scary thing that i can remember of all my camping trips that was the one that's really sticks in my mind it was a frog yeah with a hook hand <laughs> <laughs> but but yes the start with that frog because it was like it's coming for us it's coming right at us it's coming right. It's not stopping. And it's walking so slow. And then thump. And you see the outline of the little frog. It's like, what the hell? <laughs> That's when you're sitting there and you start laughing because it's a frog and somebody outside your tent and just screams. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> I'd be exiting that tent. And, yeah, because there's nothing clean yeah. in that tent now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just a frog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> two new holes in that tent <laughs> as people exit like in a cartoon just, yeah they're just making yeah. doors <laughs> yeah oh that'd be killer that was my scare though yeah and both in the same night have you <laughs> ever heard a fisher no i haven't i've never even seen one it's a, a weasel type yeah, yeah. thing, like a I've, Martin sort I've of seen thing, right? pictures of them. I've seen people take pictures of them. So pictures sitting there. Everybody's had a couple of wobbly pops. You're sitting around the fire at night and it's nice and it's quiet. No one's saying anything because everybody just sort of half yeah. dozed from a long day in the heat and like I say, a couple of wobbly pops and a good meal. And you just start, you're at, you're at that point where you're about to drop off to snooze land and all of a sudden from the woods... You hear what sounds like a baby crying. Oh, like a screaming rabbit, or well, well that's what a—that's the noise of a, a fisher. Yeah, it sounds like they're in the back in the bush that there's this baby crying, and all you're thinking is, why is there a baby out in the woods, and why why is it there? What's got it? And yeah, we find out later that that's that's what it was. It was a fisher, and that's the noise they make. But oh, that was eerie. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm looking at some YouTube videos here and there's people are freaked out by it. Well, I, out- you know, I've seen them. I've seen them when I was up in New Hampshire. When I lived in New Hampshire, you'd see them out in the woods, but I never heard one. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to hear them. 
Yeah. <laughs> you see, south of Ottawa, probably about 10 years ago, there was a big uh, problem where um, they were ripping open uh, screen doors and windows and stuff to get really? cats. Oh, so if really? your cat was sitting inside the screen door, They'd prey on a cat. Yeah, they would they would rip open the screen, grab your cat, and gone. Wow. Yeah, sort of like coyotes do with dogs around here now. Huh. Yeah, yeah. Right. But uh, yeah, no, they 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 would uh, go after cats and stuff. But yeah, it is a a freaky, eerie noise if you're not expecting it. Like I say, yeah. especially in the middle of the night. Yeah. And then all of a sudden echoing through the woods behind your camp is this baby crying and like mm. yeah okay you know what this is this is when you hear the voice get out oh. <laughs> <laughs> i'm gone <laughs> feet don't fail me now <laughs> i'm putting on my jesus boots and i'm running across that lake i don't care <laughs> but yeah what about you john anything you know when i was like in my early to mid teens and and here in Wisconsin I used to go out bow hunting. You know, when you're that young and you hear something in the woods, you know, it kind of could freak you out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sometimes it would just be the, you know, like a uh two two parts of a uh, branches of a tree or a, like a dead limb or something rubbing up against a tree and it would kind of, you know, make that that I don't know, even know how you would describe that sound. Yeah, the rubbing but, noise. Yeah, but yeah. when it you know when it's a little farther away and a little bit sharper, yeah, um, you know those kinds of things. Or the very, I remember very clearly the first time I heard a pack of coyotes. Oh, and I was I was out by myself, and it was coming across a large. I was in a in a like little oak grove, and then there was a big swamp, and on the other side of the swamp is where the coyotes were and so this pack started setting up a howl and you know it's not like a wolf's howl right for right where it has that long sustained up i mean the, yeah it's, it's yeah. just you know, you if if anyone's listening to this and has not heard a pack of of coyotes howl go ahead and, and look on youtube for this because the sound it's crazy right and it's up and it's down and and you know a lot of yipping and, the, and... yeah and and just these weird you know like we're variations, I guess, is is the only way I can say it. And the first time I heard that, it just scared the crap out of me. You know, I was like, "What is that?" And it sounds like there's a lot of whatever that is just across <laughs> the swamp, <laughs> and I'm here by myself. Uh, you know, those kinds of things. I think, you know, since I've gotten older, I think the the you know the only thing that I can think of that where I really was scared out someplace was when I was camping up north and I was in, in bear country and there was a black bear that was padding around the tent, um, most of the night. And we were the only people in this campground. It was late in the season and, uh, that it just wouldn't leave. And we'd yell and we'd turn on lights and everything and, and be quiet for a little bit. And then all of a sudden, you know, you would hear it again. And that one, that was, that was frightening, you know? Um, and, and I, again, I'm not, you know, I don't, don't worry about bears, but when you got one that won't leave. Oh yes. Yeah. Then you become concerned. Yeah. And, and the fact that it's the middle of the night and, you know, of course, even there though, I do remember that was, uh, that was near, uh, Dye up in, uh, near the start of the Chilkoot trail. And that's near the, an old ghost town. And so, you know, even there you could say, Oh, well, 
Maybe it wasn't a bear. No. Nah. <laughs> Maybe it was the ghost of a bear. And he had a hook hand. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No, I, you know, I think, um, I think the thing that's always, that's always gets your heart racing, though, is when you're, you know, you're in your tent, it's the middle of the night, and then something like a rabbit scream, right? Or Mm -hmm. something like that. um, And and it wakes you up out of that dead sleep. Yeah. That's yeah, and then there's that that your heart's pounding. You're like, what was that? And you know, you're you're out of your elements. And, yeah. Uh, and you don't know if you actually heard it or it was, was it something in your dream, dream or right? Because yeah. then you're sitting there listening, and yeah, like you say, your heart's going and everything like that, and all your senses are like, what, 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 what? And yeah. then there's there's nothing. Yeah. And and you can't hear anything now because your blood is pumping so heavy in your ears and you're saying yes. to yourself, I wish my heart would stop so yeah. that I could hear what's going on out there. <laughs> That's right. And then your buddy in your tent going, did you hear that? <laughs> oh no, <laughs> it, it wasn't a dream. <laughs> there was uh, Two o'clock there in the morning, was... can we pack up? <laughs> <laughs> or you wake up in the middle of the night for whatever reason, or it, but it is a dream. And I've had this happen a couple of times, this where you just kind of half wake up and it's that, I can't remember what it's called, but it's like sleep paralysis or something. It's got a specific name. So mm-hmm. I, I remember a couple of times where I woke up trying to yell at something outside the tent, but it was in my dream, but I could, all I could do was go, and Siobhan would say, what, what's, what's wrong? And so suddenly I'd wake up. It's like, oh, I, I was yelling in my dream. She says, no, you were grunting in your dream. It's like, so it had to be sleep paralysis, right? It, because there's that time, that moment in your sleep where everything is paralyzed. You're not moving. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I just, I just knew that there was some creature inside the tent in my dream. And I, I was trying to yell at it for it to go away. And I just, I couldn't move. I was frozen stiff. It was like, <laughs> Derek goes camping in his dreams while he's camping in real no, life. Yes, exactly. So I'm in my tent sleeping about dreaming about camping, but there's like an animal outside the tent. <laughs> dreaming about camping while you're camping and you're being chased by an animal outside your tent. If there's any therapists out there, <laughs> I'm sure that means something. <laughs> you know, there's, oh. I don't know, you know, I know we have other things to talk about and other paddling <laughs> things. There is a, there was a, I'll, I'll tell this very briefly. Uh, Jan and I were, and she'll probably kill me for sharing this. Um, share. <laughs> <laughs> now I want to know. Jan and I were camping in Ontario and over near Thousand Islands. And we uh, were in a provincial park campground. And there was there was a hill there, and there was kind of a group of people partying up on the hill, and uh, which really didn't bother us much because we were you know just kind of we were having a good time. We'd been out paddling that day, and you know kind of kind of bushed, and so got into the tent, going to sleep, and Jan fell asleep, and in her dream, she heard something outside the tent. Right. And it, but in her dreams, it was wolves, and then the wolves in her dream transformed into werewolves. Oh. And so right about that time. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I'm asleep. So all of a sudden she just grabs me and she says, werewolves, werewolves outside the tent. (laughs) And I'm like, yes, dear. And so, and again, she's now she's just woken me up and I'm like, and all I really got was outside the tent and I can hear something outside the tent. 
Oh, you could. Um, oh, you know. And so as loud as I could, and I can't say what I said at the time. <laughs> uh, it's a family podcast. <laughs> but as, as loud as I could, I basically told it, whatever it was out there, to leave. Um, and as loud as I could. The <laughs> two immediate things happened. One is the people partying up on the hill stopped. <laughs> <laughs> I think they, they figured somebody was tired of the noise down below. But then the other thing is I heard all of this running into the woods. Oh, no. And I'm like, and so now I'm like, oh. So I grabbed the flashlight and I, you know, unzipped the tent. And I, I like climbed out with the flashlight and it, a, a bunch of raccoons had come in. <laughs> oh, we had whew. taken a cooler and we had wedged the cooler. Um, we put it under the picnic table and yeah. then wedged in firewood so that they, you Good know, open. they couldn't get it out. This group of, of raccoons had actually pulled out the firewood, oh. opened the cooler, and when when I yelled, they grabbed they had grabbed some bread in the cooler and were out kind of running across into the next uh, the next campsite <laughs> to, to carrying this bread where they had so, previously stolen peanut butter. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> and so you know, so and Jan is just you know at this point she's just you know having a heart attack right because this this has transformed from you know werewolves outside the tent into something running away into the woods outside the tent you know so. <laughs> yeah, those those you know your your mind plays tricks on you like Oh yeah. Is there know? such a thing as were raccoons? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, there that is now. Be, <laughs> that, could be, that could be a new term like, you know, tubes of fish meat. Tubes of be. fish meat by handular and yeah. were raccoons. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> now that yeah. everybody's got the heebie-jeebies. Yeah, we just created yeah. somebody's new nightmare. Yeah, way to go. <laughs> We're going to get mail on this one, boys. <laughs> oh, on that note, um, it is New Year's, a brand new spanking year. Resolutions. I resolve not to make any resolutions. Oh. <laughs> it works every year and I've kept them so yep. far. You know, I never make resolutions. Like I, I always think to myself, yeah, I'm going to be a bit more fit this year, but I never make an actual resolution that resolution. I'm going to go to the gym every day. Yeah. I, I've never yeah. done that. It's not. I'm actually allowed to go back to the gym now. Oh, your shin, shin splints, splints or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I went, I've been to the gym three days in a row. Yeah. Oh man. It's glorious. Not having my <laughs> knees and my legs burning. So was it your shoes? You no, think? no, it was just my shins. It was just yeah. overused, overdid it before. My guess. I don't yeah. know how you get shin splints. Yeah, but I don't it, know either. Apparently it happens. But uh, yeah, no, I don't, I don't really go out and say, I'm going to do this every yeah. day and I'm going to do that. I'm going to give up smoking. I'm going to stop drinking. I'm going to whatever. I don't, I don't go for that. I'm just going to keep being the same moron I am, Sam. <laughs> you know, keep doing it, keep doing it till, you know, somebody says you should have stopped. Well, yeah, maybe. I, I always, I never do anything for New Year's, but pretty much every day or every week I say to myself, uh, I got to get more fit. <laughs> tomorrow, I'm going to start tomorrow. Get in a new shape. I no longer want to be a yeah. pear. <laughs> I want a new shape. I want a new shape. <laughs> uh, so how about paddling New Year's resolutions? What do you got, John? For me, it's just to get out more on the water. I've not, and, and you know, particularly around here, I, I'm not had a chance to get on the on the water much so 
that's that's my resolution. But when you go out in the water in your area, mm-hmm. you usually finish off your trip at the emergency room. <laughs> <laughs> so you need a new resolution, my friend. <laughs> I resolved. Myself. I resolved not to hurt myself while being on the water. You might want to add that little caveat in there. I like that. That's good. That's a good one. Yeah. I think a lot of paddlers, I mean, myself, I'm, I was writing my mind down as well. Um, more kayak time. Yes. Uh, more overnighters. Like yeah. I, I do a lot of, well, I'm just going to go out for the day because I don't want to go all that way just for one night sort of thing because I don't usually camp anywhere close to the put-in. Mm-hmm. I always want to go, you know, do the first day to travel way in somewhere. It's usually something camp, big. And then go somewhere yeah. else, camp, and then come out, camp. So it's it's always a two-nighter minimum. Yeah. But I think yeah. I'm going to do a lot more one-nighters. Mm-hmm. Like leave early Saturday morning. Yeah. Canoe in somewhere, set up camp in the evening, canoe back out the next day. Yeah. You know, do little little circles here and there all over the place and cover more, more areas, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and again, I, I did a bunch of local waters this year on the east side of the GTA, G- Greater Toronto area. Mm-hmm. I think it was the G stand for GTA. <laughs> greater, yeah. General? Uh, greater. Gra- greater, <laughs> greater Toronto area. Yeah. Uh, I want to do some west, west paddling, day oh, okay. paddling. Yeah. And, and there's a lot of overnighter spots over that way. So mm-hmm. I can sort of kill two birds with one stone sort of thing. Yeah. Right. Uh, so I think I'm going to look into doing more. Th- those are my big big things for this year more kayak time more overnighters and more local water west of toronto mm-hmm. what about you Derek? the same like it's it's more the same like there's i really wish i could do there's i've been asked to go on a couple big trips this year and i just don't have the vacation time i just don't have the the, the cash to do something like that but like uh, john's been trying to get me to go on the yukon journey with him at least just for a segment of it and it's just it's, it's going to take like three to four weeks and uh, uh martin garster wants to plan a trip out west on like the mountain not mountain oh he wants to do it in nahani and it's like ugh, i'd love to do the nahani but it's just the 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 thousands of dollars and the the flight and the time it would take and and it just comes down to at this point my my kids are six and nine i gotta get them out more right and yeah and i yeah i take too many trips uh already as it is away from the family so i want to i want to focus a little bit more and try and I'm, i've been thinking about like uh, taking the kids on like just quick weekend trips and stuff because uh, we always do these week-long things through algonquin or we want to do uh tomogamy and so on but i'm thinking just like some weekenders and stuff just get out on the boat and and paddle in and and get get more the kids more exposure to camping because they're constantly like Stella was just asking me over Christmas, are we going to go camping this winter? This, you know, so, the, and then Beckett, he perks up, he goes, oh yeah, camping. And so they want, they want to go winter camping. Right. So it's one of those things I can't take a month and mm-hmm. burn all my vacation and say, sorry guys, I can't do anything yeah. <laughs> this year. Have yeah. you thought about doing yeah. more local one-nighters like each kid at a time? I have thought about it. Uh, I don't know that, uh, like Stella would be ready for that now at nine, but, uh, like Becca would like it, but I think it would be too much work for me. But it's a, only a one nighter <laughs> is what I'm saying. 
Well, yeah, so you if you know go what? in Saturday and then spend the camp yeah. Saturday night, that would work. And then come yeah. up Sunday to get your kids. Yeah, one night to yeah. do a campfire and yeah, yeah. I, I think that would work. I mean, actually. I'm doing the four night things with my kids, yeah. right? Because yeah. I mean, everybody works and stuff yeah. like that, so it's it's not as easy. But yeah, having that one on one time is is awesome. Mm-hmm. And I mean, your guys, I think, are the perfect age for that sort of. Th- I'd sort like of to thing. find a nice place that I can reputably go back to, like on Crown Land. That's local. That's easy to reach. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'd like to find something like that locally, somewheres, you know, in, in southern Ontario that is not too far to drive to, and mm-hmm. and something that I could like do a little bit of base camping at with the kids and get them out more. The Corthas so, and stuff. Yeah, stuff yeah. like that. Like not just the Corthas, but like Crown Land too. Yeah, something that's Martin, not. Or, um, oh, Martin Pine. Pine yeah, Martin. yeah. I get to talk to him about it. Yeah, because I'd like to find something that's that I can regularly, easily go to to get the kids out quickly, right? Without having to, I don't want to drive to Algonquin. And you don't Not want to be doing night. the reservations and. No, no. I just want to be able to. That gets expensive. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to get yeah. to a place where there's there's no beaten path, there's no travel, there's no people, and you know stuff like that. I think it'd be awesome. Yeah. So that's what we're all doing. Yeah. What about our listeners? Well, I was thinking about this. And uh, so now we talked about just recently, uh, we, uh, on our last episode, we discussed what you and I are want to do with the big trips and, and the so on that we want to do in, in, in 2020 and sort of our plans. And we talked briefly on it. And then I was thinking like, I'd like to hear what our listeners are, uh, have got planned. So it's, it's, uh, I, I put this list thing together. It's like, so what for the listeners, what are your 2020 goals? So we listed ours. And so what are you, the, what are the listener goals for 2020? Like, do, do you, does everybody have something big? For example, John Van Berger is doing the Yukon journey this year. Uh, or is it something local? Is there some local route that you want to do that you need to do? Is it a local river that you, you always think about it? It's like, oh, it's so easy. But you know, oftentimes the local stuff you, you ignore because, well, it's local. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. It's Nobody in your backyard. Do- you don't do it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Or is it, is everybody planning on just winging it and saying, you know what, well, whatever happens, happens. Uh, I'll plan it at the last minute, which is how you, how me and Siobhan usually do it. And uh, so in, when it comes down to these, like, how do people, I'd like to hear how people, and I guess maybe in a way I'm using this as a tool to give myself ideas. So if I hear from the listeners, it's like, hey, I never thought of that. So it's like, so are you going to wing it? Are you going to do something big? Are you going to do something local? And how do people set their goals? So is it, uh, is it according to vacation time? Like, you know, you only have so much vacation time. I have to plan efficiently. I get like three weeks vacation. I got to make the best of it. Or is it cost? Is is it something that, you know, it's like, well, no, I want to do this, but it's too expensive. So I have these really cool ideas that are local that aren't going to cost a lot of money. Or is your plans limited to the fact that you can't find people to do what you want to do. It's like you, some of these bigger trips, it's not easy to do on your own. Like not of all of us out there, are like the Jim Bairds of the world that are going to go off and do these epic, uh, you know, multi-week trips up into the Arctic mm-hmm. and, and so on. Like, so it, it, and uh, there's a couple trips where Jim was telling us that, well, he couldn't find anybody to go with him. So he did a solo river trip, right? Yeah. So it's, yeah. is maybe that's what's limiting you. Like, I know it limits me a lot. There's like a lot of stuff I'd like to do, but it's really hard to find the right people to do that trip with. Right. 
So I kind of like to hear from people. I'd like to hear, you know, either send us an email or tweet at us or send us a message on on Facebook Messenger and tell us what your 2020 series of vacations are and what your ideas are and what what limits you and, you know, stuff like that. And maybe we can get a conversation going and and share ideas and and help each other out in, in growing your future plans for future vacations and paddling trips and you know local locales and and stuff like that right so i think it'd be really neat to hear back from people on this i like to hear from people outside of north america oh yeah because you know if they're paddling planning yeah is different than than ours yeah you know like how much more planning do they have to do to well what's the couple in the channel islands um yeah, I mean, they they, what was they just go out and, they, yeah. and so paddle around. So can you imagine trying to plan a trip like that, though? You're dealing with tides yeah. and bad weather and open ocean and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. that's, you really have to know But your what about area. somebody in Germany? Yeah, exactly. Right? Like, do you paddle the Rhine? Do you yeah. paddle some of these giant German Where rivers? Where do you camp? Yeah, I know. Like, exactly. Right? I'd love to know stuff like that. Yeah, how do you plan a trip like that? Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, so uh, yeah, go go on our Facebook page, Paddling Adventures Radio, and uh, drop us a message. Let us know what what you what you're thinking of doing 2020 trip wise, and if you're outside of North America, let us know as well. Uh, you know what you do to plan your trips. Yeah, share some ideas. We'll get everybody involved and and see what we can grow out of this. Yeah. Cool. Uh, last thing I have is river rafting trips. Ah, yes. What you should take there. I, I was, I was reading a thing on gear junkie cause that's one of our favorite places. And they were actually saying uh, a list of things that you need to take on a trip. And I started looking into it and it's like, well, that's yeah, you take that. Yeah. You take that, you take that. But it's the w- reason they're taking it that I've never really thought of. Um, well, I shouldn't say I've never really thought of, but uh, like there's a couple things on the list that is, well, I wouldn't take a, a locking carabiner on a canoe trip, but they suggest them for r- river rafting. Well, you don't want to break free. If you're, if you're tied to a piece of equipment, if you have a gear bag that's tied to the raft, you don't want it to accidentally clip itself open. I've, I've had carabiners pop open just by the way the rope flies across the, the mm-hmm. gate. So a, like a locking carabiner would keep your dry bag attached to your raft, no matter what. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I mean, when I was, used to go, uh, rock climbing, we had the locking carabiner. Yes. Safety. Yeah. Right? You didn't want the. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so one of the, the dry bag, uh, they, you know, everything gets strapped in. Um, but this, the stuff that you want handy mm-hmm. for the date, like, yes. like, uh, uh, snacks and, sunblock, shoes, like a spare pair of shoes, if, if that's what you're bringing, phone, camera, spare clothes, things you don't want to worry about getting soaked or thrown overboard. But you need easy handling. Yeah. So easy there's, access. there's the main gear bag, the main dry bag with all the, the tent and the sleeping bag and the clothes yeah. and stuff like that. But then there's the, like, I had, I found something recently at, uh, Lee Valley, uh, tools. It was, uh, it's a dry bag backpack. It's like a 35 or so liter, 40 liter 
backpack. Right. And it's waterproof. It's a dry bag with backpack straps and it's perfect for a day pack. Yeah. And that's what Beckett usually wears when, when we go camping is, uh, he, that's his dry bag is he's responsible for carrying all the stuff that's in that bag. And we usually have food and bug jackets and, you know, batteries and whatever. Right. So Something that you might need during the day. Exactly. And yeah. you meet at a moment's notice, like first aid kits always in there and Daddy's, like whiskey. Daddy's, <laughs> <Yes>. whiskey. Daddy's <laughs> whiskey. Daddy's whiskey. Uncle John's cheese. <laughs> you're making your son carry daddy's whiskey. That's <laughs> shameful. Shameful. Because if daddy goes overboard, it becomes Beckett's whiskey. <laughs> uh, again, carabiners. Because you can use the straps and whatnot and dry boxes for the big gear. But to have a locking carabiner to, oh, to, yeah. for your dry bag. And, and even, you know, for, you know, simple things like uh, your coffee mug, mm-hmm. right? If you don't, we, on one trip, a, a friend of mine had his titanium um, coffee mug with him, his hiking, his backpacking lightweight one, and dropped it in the river. And it didn't oh. have a, any kind of anything that he could clip onto it, you what? know, titanium for, for example, the carabiner, oh. right? So then the next thing we did was uh, the next place we were where we could get a, a coffee mug for him. Got went ahead and then duct taped a carabiner to it, <laughs> right? So that he could put that on and, and not have to worry about losing it again, right? Yeah. Uh, layers, which I mean, I think of as you know, um, a winter or fall, spring thing, but, but even in summer, like, if yeah. you dunk in cold water, you're going to want to be able to remove or add layers. You want to have some dry clothes to pop into, and yeah, and I guess if, if you're going in some of the deeper canyons that get Oh, yeah. Some good shade exactly. and stuff. It's yeah. going to be cooler down at the bottom, right? Mm-hmm. So they're saying, yeah. wear your swimsuit as your base layer, because that way, you know, if it gets too hot, then you're down to your swimsuit and you can jump in sort of thing. And then you layer yourself with quick drying fabrics and things like merino wool, capoline, and fleece. And then you can go so far as a wetsuit or a dry suit, and depending on how much of the water you want to feel sort of mm-hmm. thing, right? Yeah. Uh, your PFD most important thing and they have them make sure you have some pockets in it again for quick quick grab things like i put my cell phone in one of the pockets so i can quickly grab my cell phone and do some photos right i don't use it to make phone calls i use it to do photos stuff like that you can put a knife in it you can put a little miniature first aid thing in it, an emergency blanket and it's some waterproof matches in it that sort of thing um yeah so if you go overboard you're everything's staying dry and And if I can throw in something else to throw in that pocket, yeah, uh, Ziploc bag with your ID and a little bit of money and maybe a credit card. Oh, yeah. Uh, but to keep it with you, that, that way it's always with you. Because if you put it in a dry bag and you go over and the dry bag goes one way and your boat and you go a different way or something, uh, always have that in your PFD. You don't have to worry about it should you, you know, uh, have to find a different way home, for example. Mm-hmm. And if you do leave it in your dry bag, I'm going through your wallet. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm taking a luxurious ride home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, this one here, I've actually started doing neoprene socks and either sandals or uh, water shoes. Yes, socks and sandals. That's a great look. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably the only place where it is acceptable. <laughs> <laughs> because you get the, well, especially in the colder uh, getting towards fall and stuff like that when it does get a bit colder um, or you're in really sandy, gravelly 
areas mm. and it gets into yeah. your your shoes, the rocks and, yeah. and sand and stuff. If you put a small like ankle pair, a pair of ankle yeah, neoprene just socks the or rubbing something and the rocks and yeah, is it it really helps one with the uh, the blisters, um, but it does keep your feet a bit warm. And when you're in the boat, you know your your feet are going to get a bit wet, but they're going to stay warm. And if you don't have a spare pair of shoes, if you beach your your raft because you see this really cool looking hike, then mm-hmm. you beach your raft. Then you've got you're already ready to walk. Beauty, yeah. You don't yeah. need to be switching into a pair of dry hiking shoes or anything like that. And I do that now with the the I have my pair of Solomons that I put a pair of level six um, neoprene socks in. Mm-hmm. And yeah, when I do my portages, I know lo- when I first started portaging, I used to change into a pair of sneakers on every portage, and then change back into my Oh, wow. My water shoes, right? It's a lot of extra effort. Oh, it is. But now I just, yeah, I'm in, I'm out. I don't, I don't really care right yeah. up until, right up until November. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, yeah, just jump in with, with my uh, water shoes and neoprene socks. And it's awesome. It's probably, like I say, the only time it's acceptable. I don't, I don't <laughs> want to, di- uh, you know, waylay the conversation, but it just remind me of something on the way here. It's a quick little story. I stopped to get gas. I was on empty. And so I'm, I was chilly, I'm tired and whatever. So I had on a, a hat, a neck tube. I had on a, a, a hoodie and a, 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 a down jacket and plus, you know, whatever, uh, my boots and so on. So I'm pumping gas. I look over and there's a guy looking at me and I look at him. He's wearing sandals, shorts, and a very light hoodie. And I look <laughs> away, it's like, I'm thinking, you... <laughs> it's like what's wrong with me i'm so cold pumping gas and he's like just in sandals and shorts and a hoodie we do that here <laughs> what's wrong i'm with sitting me? here in the middle of summer in a pair of shorts and a t-shirt and you've got i just half a parka on <laughs> but i just felt the guy was judging me it's well, like he probably was it's like what <laughs> he's at home with his buddies right now so i'm pumping gas <laughs> and i'm sitting there in my shorts my sandals and a hoodie i and almost I over <laughs> I almost was wearing gloves. I decided at the last second, I was like, nah, I'm not going to put the gloves on. Yeah. That's why he didn't out and out mock you. You had those gloves on. You're fair game. Uh, next anyway. item. Yes. A quick dry towel. Yes. Because in the, if you're in and out of the raft, yeah. you got to have something quick dry. And, and well, those, some of the modern quick dry towels, the, the, the microfiber towels and stuff, mm-hmm. they, they will dry you off even if they're wet. Yeah. You give them a ring out and, and you, you can still dry yourself off. It's not like a, like a cotton towel where even if it's slightly damp, it just doesn't work anymore. It just makes you colder. Right. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah. these microfiber towels are fantastic, especially if you're getting in and out, getting wet all the time. If you just want to quickly dry off and, and keep going and it, it helps cut the chill. You can also use it as a seat yeah. when you're on shore mm-hmm. because it's all wadded up, you know. Or if it's super hot, you get it wet, wrap it around your neck and You can it use it off. as a sarong while you're on shore. A sarong. Go for a little do swim. You, do you wear a sarong often? Uh, I don't think I've ever. You had to think about it? <laughs> I'm trying to think. I, I, before I say no and pictures arise. <laughs> no, that wasn't a sarong. <laughs> <laughs> that was their words, not mine. Sean, that sarong is so wrong. So wrong. Sean's wrong sarong. <laughs> so wrong. <laughs> I spent a uh, I spent a summer in Indonesia. Yeah. And uh so I did wear a sarong down there kind of frequently. Oh, and, I know. Uh, 
Really? I what I probably shouldn't have done those when I came back. I I kept the practice for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when I came back to the states, and uh, the the mother of uh, a lady that I was seeing at the time came to my apartment, and I opened the door, and I was wearing this wrong, um, and just like a T-shirt or something, and uh, she had a confidential. A conversation with uh, with my girlfriend at the time to to ask if I frequently wear skirts around the apartment. Why, yes, yes, I do, <laughs> Judgey McJudgerson. <laughs> As a matter of fact, <laughs> I only wear them when I'm not walking around naked. Stop looking in my window. <laughs> wow, yeah. John Sarong. <laughs> uh, next item: a base camp tent. So rafting trips are not usually the light gear type of trip. You bring the big stuff. If you can bring a large roomy tent, one particularly that you can maybe stand up in, uh, it'll add some privacy to your trip because you're not really going to get a lot of privacy on a rafting trip. No, it's a large group. Yeah. Yeah. As well in inclement weather, you can maybe move your chair and your cooking stuff into a larger tent. So you can sit there and still chit chat while yeah get people together, play people. some cards, yeah. yeah yeah. So a big a bigger tent, not your little solo stuff. And it's not like you're doing a lot of portaging on a river rafting trip, so no. the extra weight won't kill you. Yeah, uh, yep. eco eco friendly sunscreen. You know, uh, you know you you don't want because there's so much reflection of sun off the water and stuff like that. But what you put on your skin can affect the water as well. So some of the substances that you'll find in, in the sunscreens are harmful to the plants and animals, and, and especially some of the places that you want that are environmentally sensitive. You don't want to be throwing extra chemicals in there. Yeah. So get stuff that, you know, um, chemical-free sunblock. And I know there's a few that they advertise that are zinc-based and stuff like that. So, And the last thing they have is the evening beverage uh, cans instead of bottles. Yeah. Right, yeah. uh, because that eliminates the risk of broken glass that can affect your own affect team a, or people your, in the future. Your bare feet, yeah. uh, an inflatable raft, that sort of thing. So those are some of the things you think about when mm-hmm. you're taking a river rafting trip that you might want to uh, bring along. We barely let you pipe in there, John. Did you have anything to add to this conversation? I just say double up on the evening beverages, I guess. <laughs> Twice the cans. <laughs> you know what? Derek is showing me a whole line of sarongs. It's all male sarongs, <laughs> men's sarongs. I've been on a couple of trips where after about the 19th day, you decide you're going to have a bath. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 19 days <laughs> um, and then when you get out of the lake you just wrap your towel around your waist and wander around and wander around a bit and the sun dries you off and yeah. stuff like that and that's like so a sarong realistically I've worn a towel sarong <laughs> Sean's towel sarong so so there you a, go. <laughs> I'm just go back to that 19 days without a bath thing I know um, I'm still well, shocked myself <laughs> and so those those seats on the canoe, did you burn those or change those out? When you, got home? <laughs> you flip them over, <laughs> turn them around, and you flip them back over <laughs> on opposite days of your yeah. underwear. <laughs> well, uh, wild animals have become very much less interested in you. Yes. 
Yeah. What's that smell? Who cares? <laughs> That's worse than a moose. <laughs> With a hook hand. <laughs> when you hear something walking around your tent, you say, get away. Yeah, not a problem. <laughs> I'm gone. <laughs> Um, I think that's all I've got. What about you, John? You got anything else? No, I think that's, uh, I don't think, uh, I have anything else to add to that list or anything in general for that matter. Derek? I've got nothing. I've, I've talked about all my, all I had to talk about. I'm just, I'm happy the, to wish everybody a happy new year though. And yeah. thanks for listening yeah. to us for another year and, and, uh, please stick around for, uh, many more. Many, 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 many more. Well, don't say that many more. Many, many, many many more. It would be many, many, many more, but But Derek's not apparently going to be here. too many mores. (laughs) Derek's planning his retirement already. (laughs) So we go back to if you have a resume (laughs) and you'd like to join the John and Sean show. Uh, well, if you want to find out more about us, you can check us out at paddlingadventuresradio.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can listen to us, download us, stream us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Player FM, and all your favorite podcast downloading sites. If you go to paddlingadventuresradio.com, click on the episode page where you can find all 203 episodes. Oh my. Oh my. <laughs> Uh, we also have a YouTube channel with a couple things on there and we're still looking for more guest blogs. Uh, I got another one from Mikey. He's going to, uh, we're going to put his up. I got another one I got to put up first though. So yeah, check out our guest blogs as well. And other than that, if you enjoy our podcast, share it with your friends, let us know you enjoy it and, uh, keep on listening. And again, as Derek said, happy new year to everybody. Hope you had a great holiday and, uh, hope 2020 is a good one for you. John, thanks for being on this week. Thank you. Appreciate it. Derek, thanks for coming back another week. <laughs> and oh, I've supplied beer again. Yes. Yes. Slacker. It's got to be the third or fourth time you've done it. Yeah, I know. And this is the good stuff. <laughs> Wait a minute. 200 episodes and this is the third or fourth time that he's done it? Yeah. Maybe, maybe half a dozen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's my job. Yeah, but Sean I supply the hard liquor all, too. Yeah. But you supply all the hardware, all the mics, all the recording equipment. True enough. This, that, the other thing. At least I can do is is uh, drive here for half an hour each week and uh, half hour drive each way and uh, supply some beer. Yeah. And yeah, drink my works. scotch and absinthe and cinnamon <laughs> vodka. and You give me absinthe like and, once a year. You want some more? <laughs> no, not now. i got to drive home. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Sounds like a you problem. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'd like to thank everybody for listening this week. I'm Sean Rowley. I'm, and I'm Derek Specht. We'll see you next time. <laughs>